Welcome to the State of the Markets podcast. I'm Paul Rodriguez of thinktrading.com. I'm Tim Price of pricevaluepartners.com. And our very special guest is the Bitcoin magnate, William G. William uh, G, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So I'm just trying to think. So this came about, um, you were introduced to us. You, your, your background, we, we gather, is is as a, a, sort of a Bitcoin magnate. Would that be fair? <laughs> well, actually, I'm a, I'm a fund manager, but I've been investing a lot in the fintech area. Yeah. And, uh, um, you know, we, we also invest into a crypto exchange and uh, we launched two um, tokens as well, which is, you know, quite successful. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, personally, I, I think uh, there is a lot of potential uh, for blockchain technologies and, you know, cryptocurrencies. What um, what does your fund invest in? Well, we we invest in um, um, different um, um, categories. We have a private equity funds which invest into different uh, fintech companies. We invest into crypto banks, for example, um, and uh, and also different technology companies. And and also we have also algorithm trading fund. Um, basically, we use um, you know um, algorithm you know AI technologies to trade, um, including trading cryptos as well. Right. Okay. And how? Where, whereabouts are you based? I'm based in uh, London, but we have uh, teams in in different um, jurisdictions as well. Uh, right. And so, uh, what was your first sort of foray into the markets? Was it? Did you go into the finance first, or was it tech first? Oh well, um, I'm actually uh, an investment banker um, for for many years. You know, I, I do um, you know IPOs, uh, M and A transactions. I, I was. Uh, before setting up the fund um, six, seven years ago, I was actually chairman of uh, Macquarie Bank Greater China, look after their equity capital markets uh, investments uh, in, in Greater China region, you know, Hong Kong, China, and Taiwan. So, and they're, sorry uh, to interrupt, they're, 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 they're known over here probably best for infrastructure type investments, I think. Uh, yes, but they do have um, all, all other types of investments as well. So, right. um, you know, when I joined them, I joined as a managing director and actually head up the infrastructure team and you know set up the infrastructure team for them and later on uh, they moved me to different you know um, sectors and uh, and uh, at, you know the last position is actually the equity capital markets responsible for all the ipos um things like that um and also i'm also look after their principal investment transactions in in, in china so um and yeah over the years i have been you know doing a lot of tech related uh, investments and of course, uh, when I set up the fund, same thing, you know, focus on, on uh, different sectors, perfectly funds and, and uh, technology is always a uh, you know, good thing to, to invest. Sure. Yeah. So in terms of, the, let's say, the, the, the macro situation, first of all, um, I mean, let's touch on something that's a, clearly a topical theme, which is Russia and Ukraine. What, what do you think is going on there? Well, I think um, I think it's uh, is, is, um Quite alarming, put it this way, and and uh, I think this is the I'm very concerned. On, uh, this is actually the beginning of uh, of uh, bigger things. It changed the whole geopolitical situation uh, in the world, basically. So um, of course, um, the uh, I think the thing you know the, the war will continue, and and you know all all the food prices and all the all the oil prices has been increasing, and and you know it's, it's, there is an impact on on everyone's life, even though. Um, and, um, um, you know, the, somewhere far away, you know, from 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 Ukraine, for example, and uh, I think the concern is actually 
this is the beginning of um, of the um, of the change of the whole world, uh, in the sense that you know the, the world is, is divided into two parts. You know the kind of uh, the Western um, demo- democracies against the um, the the other side, actually the uh, the totalitarian you know um, regimes. Mm. So I think it's it's actually uh, it's, it's actually a beginning. Um, you know of, of what what's going on um, in the future. So this is this is quite alarming. And um, and for me, I'm, I'm from Hong Kong originally, and and of course I'm, I have very concern on what's going on in Ukraine, what happens in in Taiwan in the future. Mm. So this is uh, again um, uh, my concern, and that's why you know uh, what happens in Ukraine, I, I feel quite strongly, and uh, I actually you know my company um, you know using the crypto. Um, currencies and also, um, you know, together with the um, the charity I set up, the Hong Kong People Association, we actually donate um, quite a lot of um, medical supplies to Ukraine as well. So, do you think? Oh, so after you, Paul. No, no, please, Tim. You, you got. Do you think that? Do you think that what what the response by the U.S. authorities, in particular, to to what Russia's done in terms of freezing and invalidating? Um, Russian foreign reserves, uh, which, which seems to me to be something of a, uh, let's say, a, a, slight, a bit like stepping on a landmine. Um, do you think that represents a shift towards back towards a, a more multipolar currency and monetary world? Well, uh, in, in a way, um, yes. I mean, I think it's uh, the worst, uh, you know, getting more and more polarized uh, in, in that sense. Uh, I would say the, the sanctions is uh, actually a good step, you know, a, a good first step uh, in, in, in a way. Um, but is that enough? Um, probably not, you know. So probably, uh, I, I mean, a lot of things um, going on, like, uh, you know, uh, um, right, for example, the, the invasion, you know, to, to Ukraine. And a lot of, a lot of what happens actually, um, you know, can be prevented. And, and sometimes it's actually the, the Western world, um, you know, in a way, they they let it happen, you know, or they, they don't prevent it happens in advance. And and this is again, as I mentioned, you know, uh, something big may happen, you know, in the future, right? So whether we we should um, do some more things to prevent that happens, uh, I think this is this is something that you know everyone should uh, start to think of. Surely these things happen over a long period of time. I mean, I'm, I'm interested in why uh, and the connection between what's happened in Ukraine is or could be similar to what could happen in Taiwan, because obviously China's made it clear a few times that they feel Taiwan is part of China. And there is this fear that, that they would invade at some point. And some people think that's a certainty, but I, I'm not sure why there's why one means the other is is allowed? Well, um, I think if, if something happens in Taiwan, I think that it's actually a huge, huge impact, um, you know, of, of, of what's going on in Asia, right? So, so I mean, Taiwan is actually um, a model for um, uh, democracies um, in, in, you know, in Asia. And, and it also proved that, I mean, a lot of people are saying that, oh, you know, Chinese probably it's not suitable to have democracy. No, because if you look at what happens in Taiwan, right, it's, it's actually a very good example that, you know, you can have uh, very good democracies uh, among Chinese and uh, in, in Asia as well, right? So I think it's, uh, if, if something happened in, you know, in Taiwan, it would be a strong blow up right, for, for, for democracies in the region. And of course, uh, you know, it will also have serious impact um, 
uh, on on the on the uh, you know Indo-Pacific um, security as well, right? Because uh, uh, you know Taiwan is also a very important um, locations um, in, in in Asia Pacific. So I think uh, if, if anything happens in Taiwan, I think that, that will be uh, you know a huge impact um, in the whole uh, Indo-Pacific area in terms of securities, in terms of um, you know the, everything. And of course, the other thing is actually on on the Taiwan, as you know. Um, is you know it's very important in terms of the computer chips, and uh, it, 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 you know it's actually uh, the global um, supply of the chips actually is a there is a huge impact if anything happens in, in Taiwan. Yes, absolutely. I mean, there's no doubt that it's very important and possibly more important um, to America because of the big tech companies that rely on the, the products that are made there. And we, we're going through a chip shortage at the moment for anyone who's trying to get hold of certain electronic items and are waiting sort of months and sometimes half, you know, half a year for something because of supply chain problems. So that would only be exacerbated. And it may be that the U S takes a different approach given that they, their companies have this you know, link and uh, a lot of companies are, are, are reliant on Taiwanese uh, exports. But um, it's um, it, it is a difficult area. Obviously, I mean, it's not one that I know a lot about, but I, I do follow the markets there. And the Taiwanese market was doing rather well. It's now starting to turn down. That was always my fear that you would see it in the stock market first. It looks like a lot of the tech companies are turning over as well. We've already seen Facebook go down. I think. Um, Netflix is gone. Netflix is gone. That's that's partly pandemic, inverted commas, and there's a, f- a few good reasons, like they've got a lot of debt and it's expensive to make films. So they've been hit with, hit with a kind of quadruple whammy there. I saw I saw quite a nice headline on from the Babylon Bee, which was that uh, Netflix, it's suddenly been revealed that 200 million subscribers are all sharing the same password. <laughs> <laughs> that's very good. But the, yeah. uh, as we speak, uh, which is the Friday, the 22nd of April, so depending on when this goes out, I'm looking at the, the charts of the tech companies and sorry, certainly Microsoft and NVIDIA look like they're going to be going lower. Now, I hope that's just a correction and it's due to supply chain issues and it's not because they're about to be invaded. Uh, it's not because Taiwan is about to be invaded. But, you, you, you know, nobody can say for sure. But in terms of geopolitics, wouldn't it have been better if... America potentially had tried to make an ally of Russia because surely Russia is now going to look to China um, in terms of their support and and potentially they could create their own allegiance. Are we pushing well, Russia away by this? Well, well, uh, in in a way, um, yes. Uh, you know, I think uh, what what happens right now is actually you know very clear. Um, is is actually there are you know two um, you know uh, big powers, um, and and obviously like you know China and and Russia and you know um, uh, Iran. You know, you know all these you know countries you know work together, and then uh, the, against the other the other big power. I, I think is 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 happening, and. Uh, um, and I think the relationship between um, China and Russia is very close. Right. Okay. And and I mean, there's people have different opinions as to who's right and who's wrong. And I I always try to remain to a certain extent as neutral as possible because there's always three sides to a story. You know, one person's side, the other person's side, and the truth. 
And um, I think with Russia, I, I could see how the satellite Russian states were um, converting to or, or being part of NATO. And I can also see how Ukraine was about to take that step. Now, I'm not saying that in any way justifies the invasion. It justifies a, a conversation and diplomacy. Um, there's never an excuse for war. But if Russia felt that they were being encroached um, by all the countries around it, then you can, and, and they felt that perhaps this was the last one, if it went to NATO, that would be it, and the, the future of the com country could have been at stake, then their reaction seems more, yeah, maybe understandable. Well, um, uh, put it this way. I mean, this is actually the uh, common understanding, right? This is uh, a lot of people um, you know, think that way. But, um, I, I mean, if you go into the um, details, right, or the, the, basically the ideology is just completely, completely different, right? So, I mean, like, uh, um, uh, if you look, look at, like, uh, when Hitler, you know, um, invades, you know, um, um, you know uh, launched the, the, the Second World War and or Japan launched, you know, Second World War, there, there is a reason for that. Right? I mean, everyone's thinking about survival, but doesn't mean that you, you will invade other countries, right? So, I mean, I mean when, when, you, when you invade other countries, there must be a reason, right? I mean, Japan, you know, in, invade the U.S., right? Uh, you know, um, same thing. They, they have a very, very good reason as well. I mean, and the Japanese actually try very best to not rely on oils. I mean, they, before the Second World War, they, they actually try a lot of the new technologies, try to, you know, rely... Um, rely less on on oil, but the, but the whole project failed, right? And and this is actually, <coughs> excuse me, one of the reasons why why um, you know they 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 want to launch the war and they, they want to expand their um, you know their their territories. And at the end of the day, there is a reason. But again, whatever the reason, it doesn't mean that you can you can you know launch a war. Uh, but to, to, to sorry, sorry, yeah. sorry to cut in, but just, just to the point on the comparison with, say, the Second World War, I was really struck by a friend of mine who recently pointed out that even at the height of the Second World War, the Bank for International Settlements, which is effectively the central bank's central bank, they always acknowledged, recognized, and um, respected the property rights of the Nazis and Nazi reserves, including gold, whereas... Um, the U.S. has, I would use the word arbitrarily, uh, frozen the the reserves of Russia in a, you know, and we're not fighting the Second World War. We're not fighting the Third World War just yet. One hopes. So this seems, it seems to me that the the actions by I'm not I'm not for one second supporting the invasion, but it seems to me that the the U.S. response has been out of all proportion given the historical, you know, the, the, the you know the comparison we've just made. Out of all proportion to the reality, there are there would have been other ways of going about it, and I think I sympathise with Paul's perspective, which is whatever the intention, the the outcome, at least so far, has has, has been to drive Russia clearly even closer into a, a sort of a rapprochement with uh, with China. So it's, it's it's been a completely counterproductive effort on the part of the the US and and the EU. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I won't. I mean, I, I'm not saying that like um, the the frozen of the assets is is, is right or wrong, right? But because uh, the, the problem, what, the problem by the problem with with doing these kind of asset seizures, and it's it's comparable perhaps to what you know Trudeau's done in Canada with people who simply gifted and uh, donated money to the truckers only to find their bank accounts have been frozen. It these these sort of big 
big galumphing policy responses are going to give a lot of people pause for thought about well actually where where is my property where is my where are my assets safe in which jurisdictions are they safe and where are property rights going to be respected and i say this speaking from london and our government has been perfectly happy to or i would say steal assets from russian oligarchs on the flimsiest of legal grounds yeah i must admit without we haven't spoken about this tim together but i i feel that same unease about that and you know we we welcome the russians and the russian money here and i i agree it seems so two-faced to suddenly sort of you know switch horses midstream and say uh well we don't want your money anymore in fact we're going to take it yeah i think that there needs to be a middle ground where where things are resolved diplomatically and i think with regard to russia the reason when you were talking about the 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 second world war there i think there's a difference between land grabbing and invading a country for the sake of it and doing it because the only warm water port that russia has access to is via the ukraine via crimea Mm. sevastopol is the only is the only access that they have and if that goes they have no warm water access literally none and if if um a battle is going to be occur at sea then they effectively have no way of 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 managing ships and again i'm not justifying it i'm just saying that is their position and i still think there should have been diplomacy and more discussion and a clear indication of of Ukraine perhaps staying neutral or something happening to make everybody happy because we just don't want one person to die, let alone a war like this, which is, has no finite end. Well, I mean, I, I, I agree with you. I mean, I, I'm not, as I mentioned, I'm not saying that, you know, the frozen of the assets or confiscation of assets is right, you know. Um, but, but I think the, 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 a lot of things that, you know, that can be done to prevent um, you know, what's going uh, to happen, right? I mean, at the end of the day, it's actually the ideology is, is, is completely different, right? So, so um, um, sometimes, you know, you, you, you need, um, you need uh, a, I mean, like, j- just like any country, you need police, right? I mean, and, and, and the world as well. I mean, you, you need the police. And then the, the key is actually, you know, which side, you know, you, um, you, you believe it, right? Which, which side, right? So is that a, you know, a democratic countries, uh, you know, uh, becomes a, you know, police, police leader or basically a communist country. So, I mean, you have to, you have to take side at the end of the day, right? So, so, um, but, uh, well, but what to I, be, to actually to be, I'm sorry to sound a bit like yeah, a stickler, yeah. but maybe you don't have to take sides. I mean, this, the Swiss historically have been studiously neutral in every conflict that I can think of. And it hasn't 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 done them. It doesn't seem to have done them any harm. So the idea that we should reflexively follow one one, uh, let's say, putative ally over a putative um, opponent, I'm not sure I'd necessarily. Uh, right now, I'm not sure I necessarily agree with. I, I, the the context for me saying this is the more I see, and then the more I read of recent history or or the last say hundred years history. The more I begin to think that, our, that the UK's special relationship with America is a load of nonsense, that the US is not our friend. Well, I, I think that, the, but, but the reality is actually, you know, the, the, the reality is, as, as I mentioned, the ideology is totally different, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, p- people think that it can, it can match, match together, but just the reality is totally different, right? So, so yes, I mean, you, you mentioned that, well, you don't need to take sides, but, but there are two big powers and they have the totally different ideologies. 
So, so I mean, I think uh, put it this way. I mean, China has been developing very well right now because you know it becomes the second largest uh, economy and probably will become the the, the largest you know and uh, not a distant future. But but why is that? I mean, it, it, if you look at China, like before joining the W WTO, right? Um, uh, th- th- um, you know, uh, basically, was, did you think China should ever have been allowed to join the WTO? Well, I think uh, 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 <laughs> this is a point. I mean, because to extend to extend the sort of the thought process, I, my my own suspicion would be, or my allegation would be, we've we've allowed China into into all these sort of Western arrangements. And China's paid lip service to those uh, arrangements. And in the meantime, it is perfectly happy to steal intellectual property, to treat people abysmally. The, the, civil, the, the human rights, civil rights record is abysmal. And it feels to me like the West is just being taken for a gigantic ride here, that we're, we're sort of buddying up with China for, for, for corporate reasons you can understand because business people want to make money. But the ethical, I mean... The idea that any investment in mainland China is consistent with a with a sensible ESG policy, I find completely absurd and massively hypocritical. You you are exactly right. I mean, I mean, in, in a way, if you look at the the, the growth, the China growth starts after you join the the um, you know uh, WTO, right? So so basically, this is the start, and then it continues to start, and then on the one hand. They promise everything, right? Just, yeah. just like Hong Kong, just like Hong Kong, like return to, uh, you know, uh, uh, just like Hong Kong, like return. So the, to the UK same, returned, same thing, right? returned it because we'd, we'd we'd signed a legally binding contract. Yes, yeah, so fifty years, no change, yeah. right? Uh, right yeah. now, you know, only half of it, right? So, so everything changed. I mean, uh, the reality is everything changed. But if you ask people there, I mean, they still tell you no change. You know, every, no, nothing has changed. Right? I mean, the law is still law. I mean, everything. But but the reality is, everyone, two million people going to the street to do a demonstration. Right, and then a lot of them right now is being arrested, right? You know, the the the, the largest uh, newspaper. And if that's uh, and if that's Hong Kong, that's a huge proportion of the population, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Of course, you know, Hong Kong is only you know seven point five million people, and two million people are going to the streets uh, just to just to you know peacefully just want to demonstrate that you know there's no national security law and should not be enacted in Hong Kong. And uh, but but what, look at what happens, right? So you know it's still still going on, still enacted, and then uh, there are a lot of rests and things like that. But if you ask people, like after government officials, they're still telling you no change, everything's the same. I mean, and this is this is what happens for for the past thirty years, right? The the, the growth, you know, the, the China keep on growing economically and everything like that, and basically um, you know they keep on telling you that no, I mean, everything, the human rights are right, human rights are okay. I mean, like you know, this this is what happens. And, and this is exactly what I meant. Is that this is a concern. So, so whether you like it or not, there are two big powers, and the ideology is mm. totally different. Mm. And 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 how can you, uh, you you try to be like in the middle, and then you don't take sides? But it, it's impossible. But this, this is what I meant. So no, so, I guess, no, I guess what I what I what I was maybe I I leapt to a sort of mis, uh, misunderstanding. What I was saying is, if Russia chooses to invade Ukraine. Um, with the best will in the world, that has nothing to do with the UK. Um, I mean, Ukraine isn't a part of NATO. Uh, Ukraine, what I understand, is basically fantastically corrupt. Why we're sending UK taxpayers' money over there to support these people, I, I fail to see. Because we could be intervening in lots of other foreign wars when we're not, and we're arguably on the wrong side of those too. So I, I, I just smell a rat here. Uh, no, I, I, I uh, kind of. Now that's you know, what I meant in terms yeah, of having, of course, having of to course, pick sides because you know, we don't I, necessarily I, yeah. need to intervene. 
Yes, yes. But, but uh, I think uh, what I would say is actually, you know, it, it's a butterfly effect. What happens uh, in, in, in the you know, far part of the world, we have impact to, to have. Oh, it's, yeah, it's like chaos right? I mean, like, It's like chaos like, I mean, like, like, Put it this way, like Hong Kong, for example. Like, uh, you know, Hong Kong people used to be, you know, they, they don't care about politics. No one cares about politics, right? They just want to have good business. Yeah. And then, you know, put it this way, like what happens in Xinjiang? You know, like they, 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 no, one, no one actually cares. I mean, they, they, they think, okay, Xinjiang is far away. Yes, I mean, like, uh, it's kind of human rights issue, but they don't, you know, it's still far away, right? It's uh, far away in China, but, you know, that doesn't really matter. And look at what happens in Hong Kong. So, so I mean, nothing, you know, anything happens in your neighbor would actually impact you, you know, sooner or later. So, so this, is, this is exactly, you know, the, the, the point. And, you know, so, so that's why, um, so that, that's why, like, uh, what happens in Ukraine, you know, why, why I'm concerned, why I donate... Uh, a lot of medical supplies there as well because I I, I can feel the pains mm. and and I can feel that you know it will happen you know uh, somewhere in my neighbor very soon and uh, and and this is what happens. Yeah, I can understand from a humanitarian point of view, but it, it is it is definitely not black and white. That's for sure. Um, you you um, so with regard with regard to the cryptocurrencies. What do you feel are the best technologies out there? Because there are some people who are Bitcoin maximalists. And for those of you that don't know what that means, they basically mean there's only one out there that's worth having. Um, and other people who are open to the what are known as the altcoins. And a lot of those may be worthless in, in, in terms of them being pumped and... and uh, sent out to an unsuspecting public and, and others could turn into major corporations in the future, a bit like the beginning of the dot-com boom. Well, uh, well, I think obviously like uh, probably right now there are more than 17,000, you know, different coins in the market. And, uh, and uh, you know, uh, most of them probably, you know, uh, bubbles, like, uh, you know, they, they may not survive in, you know, several years later, right? But, uh, but I think uh, um, Bitcoin, obviously, is being the first coin 12 years already, and it, it, there are a lot of confidence on that. Um, but I think, you know, uh, the, the, the difficult part for, for, for Bitcoin is actually is, is, is difficult. I mean, it's kind of a um, uh, um, store of value, right? It's difficult to use Bitcoins um, as a means of payments, right? And, and then, so there, there are different coins uh, coming out in the market. You know, they, they, want, to, they want to come to be useful. You know, and and uh, it's not just for store value, but, but it can be used, you know, in a, in a every day. So there there are different coins coming to the market on, on that. Uh, you know, um, uh, even Ethereum. You know, they they've been developing a new generations. Uh, you know, uh, but but for, for for the existing one, you know, the gas fee is high. You know, you can't make you know, too many transactions. Uh, you know, per second. So so there are a lot of limitations for the existing coins, and so that's why. There are some other new coins coming to the market that that try to resolve the existing problems. Yeah, and what, what's your what's your opinion on that? Do you think do you have an opinion as to which coins will be the ones of the future and which will fall by the wayside? Well, well, we, we invested into um, you know uh, a crypto exchange as I mentioned. You know uh, mm. there are there are you know um, two two tokens are issued. One is the uh, Himalaya Dollar. Which is the stable coin, one to one packed to US dollar. The other is actually um, Himalaya coin. I think it's, it's very well received. And the whole design of the Himalaya coin is actually to, to make it um, you know, uh, used in everyday life. And, uh, um, and you know, there, there is basically no gas fees for all the transactions. 
you know, that can, there can be, you know, um, many, many transactions comparable to Visa card or MasterCard, you know, per second in terms of number of transactions. So, so um, uh, they use the, you know, quorum network instead of, um, you know, it's kind of a hybrid network as well. So, so that there are different coins also coming to the market. You know, they try to resolve the issue that, you know, the, the tokens are only for, um, you know, store value. So basically, you know, uh, whether this can be used in, in everyday life. I think this is, um, um, uh, you know, for, for the, for the um, cryptocurrency to survive, you know, 10, 15 years or you know, 30 years later, right? There must be some use, usage. And I think um, everyone is thinking about this. So there, there is all, that, that's why like, in the Himalaya change, they have also developed the, the, the Himalaya payment app, um, which allows people to actually use the app to do payments. And uh, um, yeah, I think I think this is the directions uh, going forward. So, how many transactions per second could you do with the um, it's the Himalaya coin? Did you say? Well, I, I think uh, uh, right now it's it's not it's not the uh, it's not the, the kind of uh, you know uh, full uh, kind of full capacity. It's it's just launched you know recently you know uh, uh, I think two, two three months ago uh, in terms of the PIM app. But uh, uh, the, in in terms of the number of transactions, you know, theoretically, you know, it, you know, it can be um, you know over hundred thousand, um, you know, um, fifty thousand, hundred thousand per second. Um, um, because, like, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, the, the, the whole network is different. And uh, if it's between the members to member um, um, transactions, you know, you, you can, you can you even use the uh, database um, transfer within, within the members, right, peer-to-peer. So, so, um, so technically speaking, you can, you can allow, you know, um, uh, many, many transactions without a cost, without any cost. So, um, I mean, think about it, right? Right now, if you use a Visa card or MasterCard to buy anything, right, the, you, the, the merchant has to pay a fees. Uh, but use this uh, payment app, the merchant doesn't need to pay any fees. Yeah. Right? So, so it, it actually revolutionized the whole um, the payment, payment market. And, uh, and, and I think this is the direction going forward. Yeah. I, I've, I've heard of something similar called Proton that seems to do something that's uh, akin to that. And I think there are some other technologies, but... I think the problem is basically trying to do what you say, matching MasterCard and Visa's transactions per second. It's when you have an immutable blockchain, it's very hard to balance between security and number of transactions. So um, it's a, it's so far been quite an intractable problem to be able to do that many transactions and have it done safely. I think with Bitcoin they are using or people who want to transact very quickly are using the lightning network so it goes off chain and then back on chain um but to be able to do it i think solana was the the coin that people were saying was going to do big numbers and there was a lot of hope behind it but it turned out that the practice was that they couldn't do quite as many um so things were revised down a little bit but that it's still a strong contender in many people's eyes for for the um, to be a one of the technologies to watch in the future. Um, so, uh, with regard to your own coin, how does how does it actually work in terms of is it proof of stake, proof of work? Uh, how, how how does it manage to do so many transactions? Well, it's, it's also um, ERC twenty tokens, right? Because uh, you know most of the suppliers, you know, uh, or partners, they they still use the um, ERC20, you know, network, um, kind of Ethereum-based network. And, and yeah. it's, it's, the same, it's the same thing, right? But uh, 
but the, the, the difference is actually on, on the payment part is actually a hybrid structure. So you use a Ethereum network and you know for, for, for the for the core network, but uh, in terms of the payment, um, they use the uh, Corum. The Corum is actually designed by JP Morgan, um, you know, to, to allow for accommodate um, many many transactions with almost no cost. Um, and so, so that's why, um, so, so they can accommodate large number of transactions. And, and it's, it's actually the, the Himalayan, the Himalayan pay, um, um, system is actually a combination of the Ethereum as well as the Quorum network. So it's a hybrid structure. It's, it's worse of its kind uh, in the world. And, uh, because if you use a Ethereum network, then, you know, you can't, you can't achieve that many transactions per second. Mm. And also the gas fee is high. Yeah, it's very right? So you have to resolve. Yeah, exactly. You have to resolve this issue. So this is exactly, um, the direction of the, um, what, 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 um, um, Himalaya payment system, at, um, you know, just what they do. So it is the, the whole area of, um, cryptocurrencies is such a fascinating one because we started talking at the top of the show about um the 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 fact that we need neutrality in a certain extent to be able to transact without government intervention you know the people that wanted to send money to the canadian truckers um you you can completely understand that they should be able to do what they want um, as long as it's legal and then just because it's politically not what the government want they they stop that we, we seem to have within our grasp the technology that is decentralizing the whole of finance which has huge implications it's almost like it could be too good to be true to let for the governments to let this continue in this way and just just to follow on from that will will that happen will they allow that to happen well i think uh, a lot of governments they try to stop you know, uh, cryptocurrencies, right? So, I mean, uh, and they've been trying to do this, uh, but they find that it's actually, it's impossible. It's just, uh, you know, it's, it's impossible for them to actually stop cryptocurrencies. I mean, in a way, as long as you have the internet, where well, you, you, you know, there will be cryptocurrencies going. So, um, and then right now, the, a lot of governments, they, what they try to do is, um, you know, to regulate, right? Instead of stopping uh, cryptocurrencies, um, you know, exits, uh, from existence, right? So they, they just they try to regulate, regulate the exchange, regulate you know uh, the cryptocurrencies, and put more stringent regulations. And and personally, I think this is a, actually it, this is good, right? The, I mean the, the 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 regulations, the correct regulations, actually help the uh, whole industry to develop further. Uh, I think the problem right now is actually um, you know a lot of reg, you know countries or, or regulators they use the traditional way. Um, to to regulate the uh, the new technologies, to regulate the cryptocurrencies, mm. and, and this is not right. I mean, you, you should you should you know set up a, a new you know crypto um, you know currency regulators to to regulate the cryptocurrencies, and not not the existing like uh, you know, um, uh, regulators which regulate the securities or traditional um, asset classes, right? So, and um, and right now exactly this is this is the problem where the problem is. Because because you you you're not tailor made for for these new technologies, you know, and and I actually noticed some some uh, you know brokers, for example, you know securities brokers, and because they're securities brokers, it's got the license already, and then when they when they apply for cryptocurrencies, uh, uh, cryptocurrencies um, exchange license, for example, I mean they they get it quite easily, even though they're not familiar what 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 exactly is cryptocurrency. And once they got the cryptocurrencies, they talk to different cryptocurrencies you know service providers, talk to me. And whether you know we could we could help something on on, the, on their part, and I was I was puzzling how 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 did you get your cryptocurrency exchange license at the first hand, 
I mean, you don't even, you know, familiar with what, what's going on. Um, the reason for that is simple, right? Because they, they got the um, you know, traditional brokerage license. So, so the same regulator knows them and thinks that, they, they, you know, they're, they're good. They're okay, right? They, they, they know the KYC kind of uh, onboarding procedures, you know, AML things, and that's why they give them the license. And personally, I don't think this is the, the right strategy. Of course, you know, KYC, AML stuff is very important. But there is also other elements that, you know, the technology, you know, the things like that. So, so, uh, so I think, uh, I think the, the, the whole world actually, um, you know, should, should actually think of um, how to regulate the, um, you know, cryptocurrencies and how to regulate the, the, um, uh, the service providers uh, in this but area. If, if, if you yeah. weren't a government, um, does it need regulation? The, the, the reason I ask the question is, <clears throat> In in my thirty odd years career in finance, I'm not sure regulation has achieved anything for the individual investor. It's just it's just been a tax on uh, smaller players, specifically in the in the industry. And I'm not sure regulation really achieves that lot that much. If it were down to me, as the in the UK, it's the Financial Conduct Authority, the FCA. I would re I would replace the entire FCA and simply say that any new product or fund had to have the words caveat emptor in giant letters on the front page, and then that would be it. Well, uh, 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 put it this way. I mean, we live in a world where, you know, e everything is deemed to be risky, therefore people must be protected from risk, but, you, but that's not the real world. You, so there's people have to be accountable for the decisions they make, and just suing people willy-nilly because of shit that happens doesn't seem to be necessarily the best way of we, we've got a lot of regulation and we've got a, a super powerful regulator and yet mysteriously people still scam people still lose money on fraud so I question whether the regulatory dollar is well spent well um, uh, put it this way I mean uh, uh, in the ideal world you know, everyone is um, knowledgeable you know everyone's rational I mean, yes you know you're right but uh, uh, Barbara, the, the world is not ideal and and the, the thing is actually without regulations I think the government uh, will be very reluctant to to let cryptocurrencies exist well maybe so again, maybe gov maybe government's the problem then because the, the the reason I get particularly animated on this topic is we have extraordinary regulatory budgets and yet you know no bank has ever end up going to jail as a result of events like 2008 so the system sort of continues paddling along and there's all this money being you know extracted from xyz players and the and the member the, the public and everybody else and ending up in you know in wall street or, or wherever and it, it's just the money gets siphoned around but the the regulator doesn't appear to be working for anybody except itself well, yeah, so, so that's why, you know, as I mentioned, we, we need to uh, make the, all the regulators more efficient, right, and, and uh, um, in a way. Uh, but, but what I know is actually uh, without regulations, um, you know, most governments or most regulators would not allow, you know, cryptocurrencies to continue. Um, so, so, again, you know, you, you, you've got to have a, a choice, right? So whether, you know, you have regulations and then, um, you know, uh, allow them to continue to develop, of course, the regulations have to be changed, as I mentioned, right? So you, you need to have a new set of regulations to regulate cryptocurrencies rather than using the old traditional uh, regulations to regulate the new technology. It doesn't work, right? And, and, uh, and the other thing is actually without regulations, probably, you know, most governments, you know, and regulators would, would shut, you know, cryptocurrencies. So this is, this is actually sad, right? So because uh, cryptocurrencies, they do have uh, 
a lot of advantages. You know, but, what, what, but, you just, you, but, but you've just said that it, it's it's basically difficult, unless I'm mistaken, unless I uh, got the wrong end of the stick, it's basically difficult, if not impossible, to shut down cryptocurrencies without shutting down the entire internet. Isn't isn't that correct? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, like, uh, okay, I mean, just, just take China as an example, right? I mean, uh, China, everyone knows that you know, they have a very strong control on, on internet, they have strong control on, on the media and, and everything, right? And, and China has been actually shutting um, cryptocurrencies uh, domestically, right? But, uh, mm-hmm. but the reality is actually, you know, um, uh, put it this way, I mean, Chinese accounts for the um, major part of all the cryptocurrencies in the market, right? And the Bitcoin is an example, for example, actually Chinese probably holds the largest chunk of Bitcoins um, uh, in, in the market. So, so is that, is that uh, interesting, right? So, so on the one hand, the government wants to stop, you know, um, Chinese people by buying any cryptocurrencies. But on the other hand, the Chinese are the largest holder of, of the cryptocurrencies in the world. So, so uh, what does it mean? I mean, uh, uh, China is so strong in, in controlling the internet, the media, and things like that. I mean, if China cannot stop the Chinese people buying the cryptocurrencies, how can other mm. countries, how, mm. how can other governments, you know, as a mm. democratic government, to, to stop that? So, so, so this is um, um, the government wants to do it, wants to stop it, but uh, it's never successful. Yeah. So, on the idea that they um, would want to stop it, um, what do you think? Once they've realised that they can't stop it, what do you think they will do next? What will be the next step? Well, I think they they would, as I mentioned, they would um, try to regulate. You know, regulate the operators. Um, and so that they, you know, they have the right to um, to get information from the regulators. They, they, you know, uh, whether it's a tax, whether it's uh, um, the, the the transactions, you know, to prevent the uh, anti money laundering, money laundering or, or or things like that. So, so I think they they try to regulate um, all the operators uh, in in this area. So it won't be, and they've been doing their this, own, uh, this, basically. Yeah, yeah. So, so interesting. I meant like, uh, so regulation is one way. And to be fair, if you can regulate what goes through the internet, which is supposed to, was supposed to be de- democratic at the beginning, um, potentially you will be able to control whether people can buy and sell um, a certain cryptocurrency. Because of course, um, if you want to trade on an exchange, you've got to provide your your details. You've got to register, and so they will know who's actually putting those transactions through so they can control that if they want to um and they and, and there's a a mess sort of understanding about bitcoin people think that it's completely anonymous and it isn't it's pseudo anonymous you can find out if you can find out somebody's address you can then work out what transactions they've done um so you know and ultimately if, if the government here said look if you trade in bitcoin you're going to go to prison um, I think that would stop a lot of people from doing it. But economically, I wonder, and I wonder whether this comes back to what you were saying about what's going on in, in Hong Kong. If people start to vote with their feet and not set up their businesses in, in Hong Kong and move away and not trade Bitcoin in places where it's not welcome, that business will move to another jurisdiction from where it's welcome. And then the free market starts to work again. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and uh, of course, like a lot of the um, uh, countries, they are they are um, trying to put the uh, travel rules. So basically, when, when when any cryptocurrencies travel from you know from um, one wallet to another wallet, 
basically they, they require um, the identity of this wallet address, right? So, so this is, uh, there are a lot of discussions on, on these travel rules, which are about the same as the, the traditional banking uh, travel rules as well. And, uh, and, and the other thing is actually, um, uh, there's quite a lot of controls, so let's say in China, right, on, 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 the, on the internet controls, but people still use the VPN, right? And uh, they mm -hmm. can use VPN to bypass a lot of the, um, um, the internet um, control or surveillance. So, so um, uh, yeah, I mean, but exactly. I agree with what you said. I mean, uh, if if uh, if a country ban like a Bitcoin, for example, I mean, it's illegal to to trade Bitcoin. But in fact, in China, it's is already yes. right. Anyone 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 in China, you know, trading Bitcoin is actually illegal, right? And uh, uh, but the reality is still a lot of people trading every day. Really, right? Yeah, okay. of, course, of course. Yeah, of I mean, course, yes. because you can't mine it. Um, and I think this is one of the interesting things about banning it. You have to have a tremendous amount of power in, in and I'm talking about electricity to actually mine yes. Bitcoin. So they're going to know because they know how much power we're using. So yes. they could find out, you know, what a factory should be using and then hang on a minute, why they're using 20% more than they should be for the factory of this size. And then they yep. work out that they've got, you know, a Bitcoin miner in the back. And, and so they can find it because you, you have to, you have to use power. Um, so yes. there, there are ways of them tracking it down, but actually trading it, I guess, like you say, with a VPN, it's, um, it, it masks where you're coming from. So, um, and, and I, I think, do you think that at, at some point there will be, um, and this, I know this is a difficult question, but um, do you think China will be will move over to being a a democracy in the future? Because it's it's um, because it's it, it, it's embraced a certain amount of capitalism in the sense that there are some major corporations that seem to be sort of helped by the government, and that's the same in America, um, but just in a different way. So, but that is crony capitalism. That is, it's crony capital, capitalism in in America and in the UK and certain other European countries. In in China, it seems to be a more uh, a much more, more direct link. And if if the government is directly behind your success and supporting you, there really isn't a lot you can do wrong because you are effectively the government. I mean, it's it's an amazing amount well, that, well, of Well, that's, that's closer to fascism than yes. uh, Mussolini. Yes, it is. Um, but there are elements of uh, capitalism in terms of, of trading with the free world. So it's not, it's not like one person saying, okay, this is how this phone needs to be made and it's, there's, no, there's a small committee and that's it. It's actually you know, developing in a, in a capitalist way in some ways because they're, they're providing what the market wants. But in other ways, they're not because... I mean, in my, my one of my suggested definitions of, of fascism would be um, a melding of the co large corporate and government sector. Yeah. So you've got, you've got, you've got big, big business as opposed to business, but big business working hand, 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 in hand, hand in glove with the government. Yeah, I mean that that that's partly why, uh, you, you know, the innovation and some of it's come from China, some of it has come from looking at what other people have done and and dare I say copying it. Um, but either way, they have been working very hard and very fast, and the the change in China has been astronomical. 
like beyond any anyone's expectations in the past few years? Uh, well, um, first of all, yes. I mean, in, in, in like uh, obviously, um, China develops very fast. You know, Deng Xiaoping you know, adopted the, the open door policy, and uh, basically, what he said is, you know, no matter whether it's capitalism or communism. As long as the you know the the, the country can develop, is is a good system, right? So so that's mm. why effectively they're adopting kind of the capitalism, you know, or, or uh, um, what they call the um, you know uh, socialist capitalism, right? So yeah. and and it's been developing very fast. But actually, for the past several years, uh, you 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 see uh, a new wave of uh, nationalization um, going on as well. So you see a lot of the private companies. You know, they've been, uh, you know, suddenly strongly regulated in the technology sectors, for example, there's a listed company in the U.S. And then the, 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 um, the education sectors and, and things like that, you know, uh, even Alibaba, you know, you see, um, you know, what happens and DD, they actually retreat from, from U.S. listing and things like that. So, so you see the trend is actually changing because um, uh, for China, something is very important, right? The uh, polit- politics always goes first. I mean, if, if anyone wants to analyze China, they have to think of politics. So don't don't think of economic first. I mean, everything is, is politics. So, I mean, uh, your question is whether I think China would would go, uh, you know, you know, go to democracy one day. Uh, the the answer is absolute yes. I mean, I don't know when, but 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 it's it's absolute yes because uh, you know a, a lot of a lot of Chinese uh, you know people like uh, they're, they're not like uh, North Korea. They, so they they know what's going on in 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 the Western world. I mean they, I mean like a, a lot of people, the rich people, you know, the even the government senior government official, the second generation, the third generation, they're all educated. They send their kids, you know, uh, the U.S., Australia, U.K. to study, right? So so they they know exactly what you know what's going on, you know, uh, in in the, in the other part of the world. I mean even the senior government officials, they know what's going on as well. Right, but uh, but within, when they are in China, I mean, they you know, they in front of the TV, they say different things, right? So this is uh, uh this is China, and and um, so so and I think that uh, when China goes to democracy, I mean, probably you know, in between that there will be you know change of the like uh, at least you know there will be a stronger rule of law, put it this way. So so and then you know, ultimately you know uh, I'm sure it would, it would go for democracy, and a lot of people. In China, they're demanding democracies um, already, right? It's, it's just like, um, you know, the voice is not uh, reported. And um, I mean, if you look at the whole China, 1.4 billion people, right? And then the, the, what we call the, the Communist Party is ruling the whole China. Whether, how many people in Communist Party? It's only 90 million. So 90 million people represents 1.4 billion people, mm. right? And out of the 90 million people, probably about 1,000, they have, they, have, they have the votes, they have the say, you know, um, you know, out of one thousand, probably only you know fifty. You know, probably they have influence. So, so this is this is how you know how 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 you know how how does it work in China? So this is the uh, the, the situation. And and when when times is right, and basically, if you if you have a vote, you know, like one point four billion people, you know, one one people one vote, right? You know, one person one vote, for example. I mean, you will see a very different result. And uh, and uh, so. Um, so, so that, that is, you know, I, I think, um, it, it's just a matter of timing and um, yeah. Because there has been this progress over the last 20, 30 years and, and, and that has accelerated and many people think that China will become the dominant, um, country and, and superpower and because they, they think 
you know, I've, I've heard people say that they think America's in decline. It's the kind of end of, end of an empire and a beginning of a new one. It was, you know, the UK before and, and that these things go in cycles and we're witnessing a long-term cycle change. Um, is that what, another reason why people are not necessarily inverted commas, happy with what's going on, but they're so well managed in terms of they're seeing prosperity and the media's controlled so they think that everything is basically okay and they don't need anything outside of China. Is, is that why in China people are relatively, inverted commas, content? Um, would it take a, a massive kind of... Uh, retracement in the economy to change their view and maybe perhaps make them more angry about what's going on? Well, um, uh, in a way, again, this is the, um, the politics, right? I mean, they, they, they want people, you know, um, um, to, to be under the control, especially the media control. I think the, uh, and, and, uh, um, and, and make sure that, you know, people, you know, they, you know, they, uh, their life is okay, but not, not too good. In general, but uh, but not too bad because uh, if, if it's too bad, right, uh, people would, would would have a strike. Yes, and uh, and and this is actually um, again to to maintain the power, right? This is this is the this is the way to to um, to control the people, and uh, but I think that there are more and more demand for the change because like uh, no matter how how you control, as as I mentioned, you know, with VPN, a lot of people they still uh, know what's going on, you know, outside China. I think this is uh, uh, this is actually uh, happening. And I think I think uh, it's just uh, you know probably there, there, there is um, there is a trick upon that you know for them for the people to actually you know uh, voice their grievance and you know voice out you know what, what they really need. I think I think this is this is the but I think it's it's happening. Put it this way, it's it's, it's happening. And, and certainly, I have a lot of you know friends in, in China, you know, in different provinces. Some of them are very senior, you know, uh, very successful. A businessman, and I think you know you you, you see the the changes coming, and uh, um, the media control is is, is something um, you know very alarming as well. I mean, because uh, uh, if you if you um, um, you know not to mention a, a democratic country, right? I mean, everyone has the right to to know what's going on, right? There's a kind of freedom um, to speak and freedom to uh, to receive information, right? So. So I think uh, it, uh, why, why, why are you concerned of letting people know the truth, right? Or let them decide what is the truth, right? So, so I think it's, this is, uh, this is uh, actually a very important things. And, um, um, and, and this is actually um, the, the way to control the people. And, and, and put it this way, I mean, the, the, the Chinese propaganda machine is, is you know, it's the largest, uh, most influential in the world. Uh, it's not just, you know, influencing the people in China, but also um, you know the people you know, in the world. You know, so it's a very strong influence and very effective propaganda machine. And um, yeah. yeah. So if, yeah. If, 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 if if they want to support anyone, it's just like the whole propaganda machine just 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 you know uh, function at the same time. And you know that that guy would be would be very good. And if we want to destroy anyone, um, you know anyone with different voice, again the whole propaganda machine will start. Yes. And then you know bombarding the guy and make sure that you know the, the guy is, is is gone. So so this is what 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 they do. Well, we yeah. on, the, on the topic worryingly. I'm oh, sorry, go, 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 go sorry go Tim. I was just going to say very quickly that worryingly, this is exactly what we've seen 
in the West happening with the censorship of the people who disagreed and with what was going on with the pandemic and people who wanted to discuss other ideas and those ideas were being shut down and yes. you could see how they were just going after people who just yes. had different ideas and if it look yes, i'm not yes, saying yes. anybody's right i'm not an expert on on that sort of stuff i'm not a you know i i i don't know anything about medical procedures but what i what i am alarmed about is that if somebody says anything that they think critically you know, against it, that they're being shut down. That alarms me more than anything. And and one of the main sort of free thinkers and, uh, you know, Joe Rogan, you can see how they went for him. And it's like, why are you going for him? They don't even listen to what he has to say. Um, and if they did, they would know. You see the BBC going for him and yeah. failing to take him down. And you just think, well, this is, what is going on here? This is, this is a, this is not, how media should operate they should operate with giving you both sides and discuss being able to discuss everything out in the open i think it's also vitally important that that comedians are allowed to say what they want to say and it's almost like there's some kind of psychological operation going on because we're not allowed to discuss whether somebody's a man or a woman we're not allowed to discuss whether something is good for you or not when it's a medical procedure you're not allowed to talk about um whether you're a he or she or him or whatever now. So it, it's almost like the whole fabric of reality is being changed before our eyes. And the majority are thinking, what on earth is going on? And it's all coming from a very small group of, of people who, who seem to want to dominate the whole. And it's, it's utterly frightening. Now, to, that's obviously something that we never thought we would see in this country. Or oh, well, I certainly didn't. I'm sure Tim would would have thought the same thing but it's some some reason as to why we i personally i don't want to sound uh, patronizing but that's why i had some sympathy for chinese people you know to, to live under such a regime must be absolutely awful but it looks yes. like we're st staring down that that barrel ourselves it's 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 completely you know alarming so sorry Tim, yeah, what, yes what, yeah. no what i was gonna say is I, I think i think perhaps paul and i were separated at birth through some kind of shakespearean Device, because I, I was just going to ask what uh, William, what you think about the whole. Uh, uh, there was a phrase I forget exactly what the phrase was, but it was it, it involved the word propaganda. And I was just going to ask what you thought about what's happening with Twitter and uh, Elon Musk at the moment. Do you, well, actually, do you, when, do you, do you, do you use Twitter? Well, well uh, yes. Well, put it this way: I mean, when, when Elon Musk was asked why you want to buy Twitter. And when the reason he gave is actually, you know, I, I want, uh, you know, Twitter not shutting down all the uh, opinions that uh, they don't like. Yes. And, uh, you know, so so uh, obviously uh, what he said is actually Twitter is shutting down, you know, the different opinions. Right. So uh, but put it this way. I mean, comparing with the uh, the Chinese propaganda, you know, all you just mentioned, like all the Western media is like nothing can be comparable. Nothing. Is, mm. You know, so so. Uh, because the uh, you know we're talking about you know shut down this news or or, or, or create this news or things like that. But uh, the Chinese propaganda basically they have bots. They they have robots. You know when they want to attack someone, it's just they got the robots. You know and, you know twenty four seven. It's just attacking the people, right? Mm -hmm. And then they have strong influence. You know in, in all the media's in, in the world, right? So 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 basically this is what they've been, they've been doing. Mm. Um, you know, even even like uh, the Himalaya exchange, right, uh, has been doing quite well. And I think uh, 
uh, you know, we see a lot of, uh, you know, uh, fake attacks, you know, uh, you know, fake, um, you know, complaints and things like that, you know, so, uh, uh, that, you know, they, they complain to, um, you know, the uh, Bahama, um, you know, regulator, um, actually, Human Exchange, they, they don't have any customers in Bahama, but they complain to Bahama regulator, uh, maybe it's easier uh, you know, uh, for the regulator to act on something. Um, so, so the Bahama, you know, a regulator actually put on a, a notice, um, you know, saying that you know, uh, human exchange like is uh, uh, doing money laundering and things like that. Okay, and then uh, you know, lawyers are get involved and then you know, talk to them, uh, you know, provide all the information, things like that, and then they they, they take down all the all the whole notice, right? They change everything, right? So, so the point is, um, why why this has happened? And what's what's going on? Why why the regulator without doing any investigation would say exchange um, is money laundering? Uh, it's a very interesting um, story, right? It's a regulator. It's not just a journalist, right? So what what's going on? What what's behind? Who who is behind this, right? Mm-hmm. And and then uh, and then why why later on they get all the evidence, they get investigation, and then they take down the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So what what what's behind the story? So, this is a propaganda, propaganda so, machine. So right? that just costs you money, basically, to defend, and then well, and reputation. It, you know, not, not just money, right? Reputation and things like that. So, yeah. so it's a continuous, um, you know, smear campaign, continuous things uh, going on, right? So, uh, why? Because uh, you know, because you 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 got a lot of uh, overseas Chinese support this Himalaya exchange because the Himalaya exchange, uh, the vision is to provide you know financial freedom for everyone. Is that upset someone, mm. right? So. So it's a, it's a, um, yeah, it's it's a, um, you know, huge uh, propaganda machines going on, right? And uh, yes, yeah, and and in this world right now, you sometimes you can't even distinguish what what is what is truth, you know, what is real, what is fake, right? I mean, the the, the fake things just uh, repeat a hundred times, probably becomes the truth, you know, uh, right now. So so that's why the propaganda machine is very effective. Would, very effective, you know, in the world. As a strategy, w- trying to be big in China obviously has that that effect that you know the government don't want you to be doing it, uh, or, or they don't want anything that will undermine their control. And obviously they ban Bitcoin for that very reason. Um, you know, would it be better to, say, set up in a different jurisdiction um, and and to sort of try to become big outside, so it almost envelops China from well, the outside rather than from the inside. Well, um, just just to be clear, uh, Himalaya Exchange, for example, there's no operations in China, zero, right? right? No staff okay. in China, no operations in China, okay, and uh, no single advertisement in China, zero, oh, okay. right? So, so, so th- this is this is exactly the point. I mean, mm. within China, you can you can have whatever rules that, you know you want to set, right? But but what happens is actually their their arms ex, ex, extend outside China, right? So basically, um, any any uh, crypto exchange, if, as long as they have the Chinese, even overseas Chinese, right? As long as they have Chinese to be a, a customer, right? You know they want to make sure that you know, uh, especially those are uh, a big one, right? They want to make sure that you know um, they, they 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 would uh, destroy it. So uh, because uh, there's impact on on the uh, on the ideology, right? The freedom, right? You know, uh, financial freedom. Oh, come on! Like, if every Chinese has a financial freedom, you know, the whole China change, right? So so you know you you, you lose control. Mm. So so um, uh, and this is what happens. Um, and uh, by the way, like uh, the the Himalaya um, token, you know, in terms of market cap, it ranks uh, number six in the world right now. 
And I think probably within 18 months, it will be top three after Bitcoin and Ethereum. Really? So, so um, oh, wow, well, <laughs> 18 months later, we, we can have another dialogue and see, you know, what will happen. Wow, I mean, right? I'm, and, 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 I don't and this to... is actually, this is exactly why, you know, um, you know, some, some regimes are concerned of, of what's going on. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you there, but I, I was actually quite surprised that it was, uh, please, you know, don't take this the wrong way, but I'd not heard of it before, so I didn't, re- and I've heard a, lo- a lot of coins, so um, I'm surprised it's so big, but is it, is it just because it's big in China, mainly, and it's not... No, no, not, no, 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 nothing to do with China. Okay. Nothing to do with China, it's uh, nothing to do with China, uh, it has customers from uh, over 100 countries in the world. Mm. Okay. Nothing to do with China, right? So, so it's, 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 it's no, no connections in none of the operations, no staff, no advertisement, nothing related to China. Mm. You know, but but of course it's a word of mouth. You know, uh, uh, you know, uh, basically the the major customers are from, um, you know, uh, from overseas Chinese, outside China, and uh, it's a, it's basically a word of mouth, right? And and people still communicate. So what exchanges and, uh, is, is it traded on, the Himalayan coin? It's, a, it's, it's, it's traded in a Himalayan exchange. Okay, but is it on yes. any of the other exchanges? Yes, they, they are in the process of uh, working with other exchanges right now. Oh, it's just launched several months. Right, right. It's just okay. launched several months, right? So mainly, uh, if you look at the Bitcoin, they have uh, more than 12 years of history, right? Compared with, uh, with a coin, it launched just several months. Yeah. You, you need to give them some time, right? And then recently there is... Uh, uh, media reports, right? So uh, uh, the uh, uh, the ABC, the Australian one. I'm not I'm not sure whether you, you've uh, um, you've read it, right? So uh, interestingly, you know uh, the questions uh, about the uh, about the, um, uh, the the Himalayan chain, Himalayan corn, things like that. And again, very interesting. All all the all the like um, the the uh, the complaints to regulators, you know, the journalists writing about Himalayan change is all Chinese involved. I, I, I have to ask myself, right? Uh, uh, you know, uh, why why the Chinese journalists are always involved in this um, in this kind of um, uh, 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 unfound, you know, fake accusations? You know, so uh, it's, it's again, um, you know, uh, it's worth investigation. What's going on? Well, who who is behind, right? So um, and uh, yeah, and then they 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 raise some questions. Uh, like uh, whether, whether again, you know, uh, whether uh, this coin uh, is listed in other exchanges, uh, otherwise it's it's a scam. Right? This is you know, <laughs> and uh, this is it's, again, this is all all this. Uh, this again, this is the same. The propaganda machine is you know is 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 full speed, you know, running, and not to mention that there is a continuous state-sponsored hacking. Like uh, the DDoS, you know, um, attacks uh, to the website. Uh, within 30 minutes, there are 40 million, 40 million um, hits, and uh, you know, no, 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 no normal hackers can 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 do this, right? So, so uh, it's a state-sponsored, um, you know, hacking. So of course, uh, none of them are successful, right? Because uh, you know, the Himalaya Exchange probably has the the best and the most um, safe, safest, like um, kind of. Um, um, cybersecurity system uh, in among all the changes. So um, yeah, again, you know, no one actually questioned what's going on. Well, who's behind? So c- can you use the um, technology for other things like smart contracts? And are you planning anything like a um, you know? I don't. 
well, be, I was going to say, I don't want you to reveal any secrets, but I'm quite, be quite happy if you did, um, about, say, creating a social network. Because the Web 3.0 is completely decentralized. It's going to be a very interesting place if it's allowed to flourish. Yes, of course. You know, again, uh, uh, it's just a beginning. That there are, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of things going on. You know, and I think the people uh, were saying that all, all the um, you know you know Web 2.0, right? All, all the mm. internet players, all the big companies, they enjoy all the benefits. You know, in the in, in the internet. Right now, it's time to share. Right, right now, the Web people know. You know, everyone should have a slice of uh, what they what they contribute uh, in, in the whole internet world, right? So I think this is a development um, going forward. Mm. And and how do you do you have plans to integrate with that? Or, or yes. you oh, yeah, right, okay. Yeah, yes, of course. You know, we, we are constantly exploring, um, you know, different uh, technologies, you know, how to, how to work together. And at the end of the day, like, um, as I mentioned, the vision for Himalaya Change is actually the, to give financial freedom to everyone in the world, so th so this is this is the ultimate uh, objective, and uh, and and uh, we we mean it basically, and and especially, uh, you know, I'm 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 from Hong Kong, you know, I I was uh, the chairman of Bukori, um, Greater China in the past, so so I actually visited 200 cities in China, 200 cities, right? So so I I would say I I know China quite well. And uh, you know, in, in different cities, different provinces, you know, different you know, different cultures, even within China, right? So, so uh, I, I think um, um, this is something that you know, a lot of um, Chinese have been hoping for many decades. Right, um, Tim, did you did you have any more questions that you want to? I'm ask? I'm I'm okay. So yeah, okay. So. Um, William, was there anything that we haven't asked you about that you'd like to discuss? Well, I I, I think um, you know, uh, it, well, everyone can you know select you know their life you know, um, and uh, some some wants to have uh, easy life you know, good life you know, and and for me, I think uh, I, I can I can select a very easy good life in Hong Kong. Um, uh, but I think, uh, you know, uh, at some point you have to, uh, you know, you, you need to have a bottom line and, and, uh, something, if you don't think it's right, you have to, you have to say so. Right. And then, um, um, and what I want to say is actually anything happens, um, in the world, anything happens uh, nearby and anything happens in your neighbor would have serious impact on you. And um, um, don't think that there will be no impact, and there will be a serious impact. So that's why you know I I, um, I set up the uh, Hong Kong you know People Association, try to help help as many Hong Kong people as possible. And and, and what does how, how does that help them? What does it do? Well, we we have uh, had uh, two seminars already. One one is a recruitment seminar, you know, telling the Hong Kong people how to find jobs in in UK. Right. And actually, UK is a huge market. I mean, I, I got a lot of uh, messages that a lot of Hong Kong people, you know, they, they, have good, they, they have a good career in Hong Kong. They want to come here. The first question they ask is actually, you know, can I find a job? Well, I mean, how difficult is it to find a job? And, uh, you know, there are, there are actually you know, many job opportunities here. But at the end, at the end of the day, it's UK, right? It's a, it's a huge country. And uh, um, so just, just tell them that, you know, uh, there are many ways to find a job here. There are a lot of opportunities, right? The, and the other seminar we have is is, uh, is actually a tax seminar, telling them on the tax system in UK because it's quite different from that in Hong Kong. 
And uh, yeah, and then we we organizing the third one, which is on the uh, accommodations. You know, whether to buy or or, or you know or, or rent, uh, which area is good. You know, the price and things like that. It was just to give as much information um, as possible. Yeah. And um, yeah. So and, and we have a website, um, hkpeople.ot. And uh, basically, they have all the information about, like, uh, you know, the, um, the medical, the tax, you know, the education and things like that. So, and we have even established, a, uh, you know, uh, we are in the process of establishing a hotline for anyone to, um, you know, to send, you know, messages, to ask questions and things like that. And it's, it's a registered charity in UK. Everything is free of charge. And I just want to, you know, uh, help as much as possible. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. We will yeah. share links to that. I'm just curious about if, if you're in Hong Kong and you have an idea for something and let's say you have an app and it's going to be the, the next greatest app in, in the world, it could change the world. How hard is it to actually set that business up? Is it a business friendly place or is, are there lots of regulations there? Uh, to set up a business in Hong Kong is actually very friendly, you know, uh, very easy. You know, set up a business in Hong Kong is very easy. And I think what happens is actually when your business grows bigger and bigger, uh, Hong Kong and China is the same. Right? When business grows bigger and bigger, and you know uh, you have to deal with something uh, more than a normal business. I see. So, right. it, so, so, so it hits a ceiling basically of regulation, so it can expand up to a point, and then the government will step in. Well, well, uh, well, uh, it's, it's not a business ceiling, right? But it's, uh, you know something you have to deal with. You know, mm. like, uh, 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 but but uh, not not just a business. Uh, yeah, put it this way. Okay, I mean, that that sounds yeah. that sounds rather that sounds quite ominous. I must must admit. I mean, I, I'm not sure that I'm, I don't know whether you meant it to sound like that. But but what are you allowed to say? What that is? Is that a secret thing? Or well, no, 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 no. I mean, there, there, there are there are many 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 things, right? You mm. you know, uh, uh, you have to deal with depending on the business. I mean, like. Uh, uh, as I mentioned, right. So the the, the key thing is actually um, whether everything is uh, is you know uh, um, you know uh, follows the rule of law. I mean, this is this is uh, this is a lot of uh, uh, a lot of the big investment funds, for example, they're leaving Hong Kong. They they move to Singapore. Mm. Uh, the reason for that is actually you know uh, 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 there are, there are concerns that whether there's a rule of law, right? I mean, I, I personally, I know I know some people, right? They they they've been doing good business and then they go to China. To do business, and they're not allowed to come back to Hong Kong, right? Mm. And and you know there there are there are many cases like this, and and you know so so you you don't you don't know you know when you know you you're stopped at the border that you're not allowed to to come back to Hong Kong, wow. right? So so I mean this is a concern, right? And yeah. uh, I'm not saying that everyone, mm. but uh, you you don't know uh, whether it, it would be you, right? And again, this this is this is a point I want to mention. So people are saying that oh no, I mean I know that I know that happened, but it's not me. It's, it's him, right? It's, it's, it's a neighbor. That's fine it, it, because it's not me. Mm. But what I want to say is no, I'm sorry, because uh, because you don't know when it will be you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, that's 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 fascinating. Well, we'll we will put links to the um, to the charity in the show notes and um, and also to the exchange as well. Um, and are you actually on any of the social media platforms yourself? Do you tweet? Yes, yes, yes. I'm, 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 uh, I'm, yeah, uh, I'm, yeah. I'm on Twitter accounts as well. And in fact, I have my own uh, uh, website as well. Okay. And yeah. do you want do you want to share them with our listeners? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, it's uh, uh, William 
dashg.com basically. Okay. So, so you you see my interviews, my articles, and things like that. Fantastic. Okay. So just before we go, one of the things we like to do before we wrap up is what we call a media picks round. So it's just a way of lightening the mood a little bit. And um, what Tim and I like to do is share things which we've either read, watched, or listened to. Um, it can be anything. It doesn't have to be financial. It can be like you know a film or a book or, or anything that you found recently or in the past really great and you'd like to share it with us. So if you imagine we were having a drink somewhere and discussing, you know, what we'd seen or what we were particularly taken by or whether it was really bad and we should have avoided it. So um, if you have something, um, then it'd be great to share it. But I can ask Tim first and you can have a little thing while he gives us his. Okay, does it, does, yep. Yeah. Does that work for you, William? Do you want a few seconds to gather your thoughts, and I'll just plow on. Well, yeah, maybe you could uh, you could uh, go ahead first, and uh, okay. Yeah. So I'll, I'll plow on. So I was watching a film at the weekend. I've seen before. Uh, Patton, nineteen seventy film, um, directed by. I look. I look at the so detail. The film description page on IMDb: Franklin J. Schaffner, who I have to admit I've never ever heard of. Um, but I have heard of Francis Ford Coppola, who wrote, who was, I suspect, largely instrumental behind the the screenplay. Uh, but George C. Scott plays the um, perhaps notorious American general, uh, Second World War general. And this is one one I, he won an Oscar. I think he won an Oscar for for his uh, performance. And it's a great film. It's it's a very long film, so you need to take the popcorn and you know. Make 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 appropriate allowances and whatnot, but uh, it's a great film. And there's there's one particular sequence. It's it's not a traditional, I'd say traditional war film in that you see you see the guy warts and all. So he he's by no means is he a. It's not a. Um, it's not a love letter. It, it's not a love letter. It's 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 much more realistic portrayal of, of a human rather than a, you know, as a deified entity and there's there's one particular so I, I like that aspect to it which is you see, you see both sides of things so as we said earlier in the I think as I think you said Paul earlier in the pod it's uh it's not it's not all black and white there's sort of various shades of gray but he, he was by all accounts uh, it, it means I now want to go out and, and read a you know a biography or two of the guy because he's, he's, he's clearly an interesting a really interesting interesting bloke and there's, there's one particular bit that I, I really warmed to, which is effectively sort of doing doing your research on on stuff. And in this case, it was against Rommel. So he fought against Rommel in the uh, the African campaign. And uh, there's there's one sequence where he basically just like completely annihilates uh, a tank division, and he just says, "Rommel, you magnificent bastard! I read your book." Oh, that's and where that's, that's from. That's where it's from. Oh, wow. Well, yeah, yeah, I've heard. And it's the... just a one. It's a wonderful phrase, and it's yeah. like uh, that. So that really struck a chord, which oh. is you know, it's all about let's say the 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 the, the power of research and yeah. particularly psychological research. So you see, also there's this coverage of a guy in the, I guess in Berlin, who's the opposite number, so he's doing research on. Patton and Patton had some really crazy ideas about reincarnation and and all all kinds of other things, but. But basically, I think he was a little like Churchill in that he basically created his own destiny. Mm. In other words, he was determined that his life would be meaningful, and he made that happen. He, he manifested it. it. It's a tremendous film. Wow. 
that's a good very one. good very good so I'll, I'll i'll tell you mine just very quickly to give william a yep. little, little bit more time um m- mine was um the disappointment of watching the updated death on the nile and just don't basically if you've seen the original there was no need for the remake and i think there's pretty much no need for any of the agatha christie remakes um so i'll just say that as a general thing um it doesn't have to be a film, by the way, William. It just, just so happens that we, we tend to talk about films. <laughs> we, are, we, are somewhat, we are somewhat cineastic in our approach to it. <laughs> now, I've kind, of, I've kind of lifted one from... I was just listening to the Joe Rogan podcast, and they were talking about a film that apparently, apparently is as bad stroke good as The Room. That's a Canadian that's film. A, that's a hard. That's a that's a that's a tough hurdle to to to, to leap over. Yes. Now I haven't seen it yet because I've only literally just before the pod heard about it, and I've been looking it up and trying to get a copy of it. Can but, it be as bad as Run for Your Wife? Is the question. Oh, but that's just bad, bad. You see, because 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 <laughs> they were saying like, what what's a bad good film? And like, you know, The Room is a bad good film. It's just so good because it's so bad, and. Um, this is like wife. metaphysics, or uh, uh, what's that? It was that what's that realm of physics that's the subnewtonian. It's like quantum physics, yes, quantum mechanics. It's like the normal rules of quality. They just and flip. Film appreciation do not apply here. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and and so now apparently this is bad. Good. So, but I can't say with complete authority because I haven't seen it. So I'm trying to find it, and it's called Ryan's Babe. So it's a Canadian film. Uh, not a new one, it's an old one. But Ryan's Babe, I'm going to check out because if it's, I love bad, good films. That's really cool. So, um, so William, what, what do you, uh, what well, do you have? What, what do you do to I mean, uh, well, I think, I, think uh, I, I like reading books and, and yeah. I think uh, to, to understand a bit more on China, I mean, I would recommend uh, a recent book, um, you know, written by Desmond Shum. Uh, it's called A Red Rooflet. Not sure whether you, you heard about it. A uh, red rooflet, um, and it's actually inside the story of, of wealth, power, and corruptions, things like that in China. Oh wow! And it, it's, it's written by uh, Desmond Shun, and in fact, uh, you know, uh, he he's in UK as well, and you know, he was interviewed um, uh, by 60 Minutes Plus before, and uh, uh, that there are a lot of YouTube, you know, things on 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 him. So I think um, this is something uh, you know for a lot of um, um, foreigners to understand. Um, you know, China, uh, probably a better understanding of China because his wife is actually disappeared in Beijing suddenly. Right? Oh my and, God. And, then, and before he actually published the book, um, you know, after disappearing, I think four or five years, you know, he received a call from, from, from his wife and uh, telling him not to publish the book. Wow. Um, and uh, and this, is, uh, this is what happens, right? So this is uh, actually, um, it's very common, you know, mm. in China. This is, this is, uh, uh, and and then he, you know, of course he was he was in UK right now. He published the book, and uh, it's, uh, it's it's actually quite a uh, quite a big thing as well. So, so this is uh, is this the right thing? Is this red roulette an insider story of wealth, power, yes, corruption, yes, and yes, vengeance exactly. in today's China? Gosh, yes, what, yes, yes, how, yes, yes, yes. I think uh, I think uh, it's actually it's actually worth reading and then to understand a bit more on. Um, on on what's going on in China? Yeah, well, yeah, it's got yeah, a, yes. over a thousand ratings and it's got five stars i mean mm. how, how how much courage has this man got to to do something like that i mean if you were if you were like a loner and you had no family to for them to get to 
you know, it would be well, more understanding. Actually, uh, on, on the phone, um, his wife uh, told him that, you know, you have to think of uh, their kids. Mm. Uh, in, in a way, like uh, if you publish that, you know, you think of the safety of your kids. Yeah, right? that, so, well, absolutely. So I'm not sure I could do that, quite honestly. I'll be honest. <laughs> and, and, and you just you just mentioned, um, you know, how much courage. And, and I would like to end, end uh, our discussion by, by quoting Winston Churchill's, um, you know, saying, is actually, you know, uh, courage is rightly esteemed the first of human qualities because it has been said. It is the quality which guarantees all others. Mm. And I mean, I, 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 I know too many successful people, um, you know, in the world, but actually not many of them, they have the courage. Mm. You know, um, so, true. and uh, to, to tell the truth, um, you know, um, against, uh, you know, uh, probably... Um, Russia or, or or China or like uh, you know is 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 not easy. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's, yeah. Uh, that's a great way to end the show. So, William, thank you so much for coming on and for your thoughts. And, uh, you know, best of luck with uh, your, your ventures. And we hope to have you back to discuss where you are in the future. Thank you. Thank you, team. Thank you, Paul. Thank you very much. Thank you, William. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Please do your own research or contact a professional advisor.